0: For tuning in to the Woods Edge Student Ministry podcast, this week we'll be continuing in our Vineyard Initiative series. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org/students.
1: Jesus, thank you for this good morning. Thanks for um, giving us this space to gather together, and I just pray that you would take this message and that you would own it. I pray that you would take my words and you would speak through them, speak life into them. Um, I I surrender them to you. I give them to you as a sacrifice, Lord. I want you to do what only you can do through these scriptures and these stories. I want you to do something miraculous in this room before every single one of us leaves, for every single one of us in here. Jesus, you are real and you are good and you wanna love us and you wanna free us And that's going to happen here this morning. And so if there's anything in our hearts, anything in our minds that would distract us from the business that you want to do in us today, would we set that aside? Turn our phones off, um, disregard anything we're thinking about that's taking place after church or went on last night. We want to hear from the one true living God, our Father, our Savior, our friend this morning. We want to walk out of here a changed people. So we invite that by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, so this is week number three of the Vineyard Initiative teaching series. The Vineyard Initiative is just our student ministry's vocabulary for what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. These are seven verbs taken from Isaiah chapter five that say what we can do to take our faith and put it into action, right? And so these seven verbs are taken from Isaiah chapter five, verse one through two, the parable of the vineyard or the song of the vineyard. Which says this, my beloved had a vineyard on a rich and fertile hill. He protected the land, he cleared its stones, and he planted it with the best vines. And in the middle, he built a watchtower, and then he carved a wine press in the nearby rocks, and then he waited for a harvest of sweet grapes. That right there is everything you need to know about how to be an effective disciple of Jesus Christ. Because if God, who is our beloved, who loves you more than anyone on this earth, if he looks at us as a vineyard we are all a vineyard we are all a vineyard alone a vineyard together he calls us a vineyard if god who loves us calls us a vineyard has given us a rich and fertile place which is church which is life which is this community if he's given us those things we should protect them that's step number 2 first step is receive it god he wants to give you freedom from sin and death. He wants to give you your identity. He wants to establish you in your purpose. Have you ever wondered, why am I on earth? Well, God knows, and he's going to tell you. He'll tell you today if you ask. You receive those things. But once you have that awesome received gift, you need to protect it, right? So let me show you with some pictures. Let me show you a picture of a fertile hill, right? So here's this beautiful hill. It's kind of boring, But if you think about it in terms of agriculture, if you were going to go plant something, this is money in the bank. you got this rich, fertile hill, this beautiful land, and God has given you this to live on and to make a living and to enjoy. This is your place, right? This is your heart. And because you have this new heart and this new place, the first thing you knew when you have something valuable is you protect it. Ta-da! I said, ta-da! Show me my protection! There you go. All right. So you protect it. You put up a wall, right? We talked about that last week, how important it is as disciples. It's a biblical thing to set healthy boundaries in our life, to protect us from outside influences. That could be a toxic or negative relationship. That can be um, some temptation that's in your room or at your house that you just need to get away from you to protect yourself, but protect what God has given you because we, we can lose blessings. We can miss opportunities if we don't protect them, right? Right? And then today we're talking about, you got this land, you've protected it, now you need to clear the stones, right? Because all of us have stones in our heart. Memories of things that people said to us, memories of things we've done that we just like, I'll always be that because that happened it was horrible. Um, Negative thoughts about ourselves a sin issue that you just can't escape, that just you feel like it's part of you, and the enemy is like, you will never get away from this. We have these stones in our hearts that weigh us down, and God wants to help you remove them so that you don't think that way about yourself, feel that way about yourself. And so, once you've removed it, he can plant good things in you to replace those negative things, right? So, you've got this beautiful field, this gift of life, you've protected it, but what if, slide number three, what if everything inside of it is just toxic? What if underneath that beautiful ground is just junk and rock and stones and like waste? You can't plant in that. So you need to new, you need to learn how to remove those things, right? So I want to show you guys a picture. Who went to Turkey with me this past summer? Awesome trip to Turkey. So we were in Turkey and went through at this place called Tepe, and there's some literal vines and fields and places to plant and We're hanging out, and I take this picture, and you can see there's a clear line differing one side of this field from the other. This side of the field is riddled with rocks and stones and garbage and junk, and you can't plant when there's all that, because nothing will grow when there's all that rock. But this side of the field, they have been removing the stones, literally one by one, taking rocks and getting rid of them. And as such, You can plant, and green good things will grow and produce fruit. And this is a picture of you and me, and that's a picture of our heart. If we're hanging on to some junk, if there's some stones in your heart, some hidden sin weighing you down, nothing good can grow there. But if you confess and repent and give your junk to Jesus, good things will grow. Awesome stuff will happen inside of you. It'll pour out of you into others, and that's God's heart for every single one of you. So we'll leave that up there for a minute. But what are some examples of stones, of stumbling blocks, of hidden sin in us, right? I would wager it's anything that hurts your spiritual growth. Many of you have confessed your lives and your hearts. You've confessed Jesus as your savior, but that's like it. You have not moved on from there for a month or a year or three because there's more to be had in this life than just saying, Jesus, I need a savior that's the most important thing and that's where it starts receiving but there's more and you need to grow and if there's anything in you that's preventing that growth it's a rock it's a stone and you need to get rid of it and jesus will show you how if there's anything that prevents you from loving yourself or others that is like a stone in your heart like i said before if you believe a a negative thing about yourself if you hate yourself if you've got thoughts that make you want to cut yourself or hurt yourself That's a stone in your heart, and God wants to set you free from that. And he's given us a very easy way to remove those things. Anything that prevents you from drawing closer to God. A very simple example of this is just ignorance. Maybe you just don't know a whole lot about who God is. Well, the stone or the stumbling block you need to remove is your decision not to read this book, not to come to church, not to pray, not to be in a small group. I don't even care if you come to church here, but go to church. Go to a Bible-believing church that preaches Jesus as Lord. Don't hurt yourself by not knowing enough about who your creator was and who you were created to be. Any of these things and more can be examples of stones that weigh us down and prevent us from growing good things. Some one-word answers would be fear. Are you afraid of somebody or something And that's a crippling fear? That's a stone. It's weighing you down, and God came to set you free from that. Are you judging other people? Are you looking at the stone in everybody else's eye? and thereby ignoring the one in your own. Man, that's a stone. That is weighing you down. God wants to set you free from that. Do you have unforgiveness toward anyone? Anyone. I don't care if it's your mother, your father, a friend, Obama, whoever. Do you have unforgiveness? Do you have hatred in your heart? Do you plot and scheme against people that have hurt you? You guys, that's not good for you. God didn't make you to live that way. He wants to set you free from that. He wants to set you free from that before you leave this room today. We all have hidden sin. I have hidden sin, too. I got junk in my heart that I'm just just slow to release. It's part of me. Like, oh, I, I can't let that go. That's like, defines who I am. Oh, you better believe I can let that go. In fact, I should, and so should you. I want to show you guys an example of what happens when we don't deal with hidden sin, right? When we don't deal with hidden sin, it doesn't get better. It gets worse, right? You guys might have been watching the news about a month ago, but there's a port city in China called Tianjin, right? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it sounds good. Tianjin, right? This port city, and it's one of those ports like the Port of Houston where it's just hundreds, if not thousands, of shipping containers, these truck containers, and it's just full of goods. It's full of iPods and iPhones and food and cars and just you name it, anything you can buy or sell are in these containers, and it's just a giant port full of all these containers except for some of these containers are filled with toxic, explosive chemicals, and they're stored there illegally. They're hidden, they're toxic, they're nasty, and they start to leak, just like the hidden sin that we keep to ourselves will leak and infect. But these things are explosive, and so when they leak, they catch on fire, right? And then they explode. I want to show you guys a picture and what, what's your hidden sin? What is God speaking to you about today that you're like, I really need to get rid of that, but I can't? This is what can happen to any of us who keep that hidden sin to ourselves. So let's turn the lights down low and the volume loud and check out this first person perspective of a guy watching this fire from oh his skyrise.
0: 那是哪不知道
1: Can you pause it right there and you just leave it there? Look at that, you guys. That thing made a mushroom cloud. It's one of the largest explosions created by man since the beginning of time. This port city just devastated, just leveled. I mean, you can see that in the foreground. That's like a mile away. Those are skyscrapers. Look at the size of that explosion because those people were housing some nasty stuff And they were keeping it where they didn't want anybody to find it but sooner or later just like our sin it's like a time bomb and it will explode and it'll burn us to the ground i have had hidden sin that i did not deal with and sooner or later it blew up on me and i lost relationships i lost privileges Um, i've been in jail a couple times hidden sin is not to be messed with it will sooner or later explode it'll eat your lunch and god He's not angry at you for having it. He wants to protect you from that, from that happening. We're not going to show that next picture. All right. So, do you have hidden sin in you? So, if we are like a vineyard, which God says we are, we're his vineyard, then it is entirely possible, if not just probable, that over time, throughout our lives, we have allowed things to be planted in us that are not healthy, that are not good. It could be false beliefs about who God made us to be. It could be memories. It could be unforgiveness. It could be all those things I said before. And we need to remove those things in order to produce fruit, right? Do you have fruit in your life? Do you have good things in your life? Do you share Jesus? Do you have disciples of your own that you're teaching about who God is? That's our purpose, to produce fruit, So how do we get rid of these stones? How do we get rid of this hidden sin? How do we get rid of this stumbling blocks? How do you remove something as just bland and generic and overarching and encompassing as anger or fear or hatred or judgment? How do we get rid of these things? Prayer. I mean, that's what I'm supposed to say, right? But that's the answer. It's that simple. It's prayer. It's believing that what God says will happen in Scripture will happen. Here's our answer. This is the only thing you really didn't know today. 1 John chapter 1, eight through 8-9, prayer removes our junk. If we claim that we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Is there anyone out there today that's like, no, I'm good. I don't have anything I need to lay down. You guys, I'm not saying this like judging you. I'm just telling you. If we claim we have no sin, we are fooling ourselves and we are not living in the truth. But, but if we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So if we claim to have no sin, first and foremost, right there, we're wrong. We all have sin. When we have our response time at the end of this message. None of you should sit back. All of you have something to unload here today. And confession and repentance is the key. It's how you get rid of your sin. It's how you remove your junk. It's how you give Jesus the garbage in you that's preventing you from a healthy life, a healthy spiritual life. If we confess our sins to him, what does that mean? It just means admit. Admit you made a mistake. Admit you were wrong. Admit, I'm going down the wrong way. You guys remember my illustration last week. Repentance is like going this direction, making these decisions. You know they're wrong. You know you're heading for disaster. And then stopping and turning around and walking in the other direction. If you are walking in the direction of something that's hurting you all the time over and over, stop, turn around and walk the other way. Walk away from sin and towards the Lord. That's repentance. It's making a 180 degree turn. If we confess our sins to him, admit and just own that you've made mistakes. We all have. I've made tons. And ask for help. God, I've done this. I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to begin. Would you help me? He will. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us. He will look you in the eye the minute your sin leaves your mouth and just say, I love you. I forgive you. And by the way, I'm going to clean you up. I'm going to help you not step back into that sin. So I want to do a little interactive. And I don't have a a superhero clip, but I do have this beautiful medium Batman's t-shirt. So whoever answers my question first can have this for free. So here's my question. Who do you go to when something big happens in your life? Who's the first person that you go to? It's a medium, so I'm going to go with Meredith. Your mom? Boom, Batman. All right, she goes to her mom. Uh, it makes sense to me I've gone to my mom I remember when Emily Ollier broke up with me in high school and I went to my mom and cried like a baby she didn't help me at all she sent me back to school oh it was terrible All right, who else who do you go to when you've got something big that happens in your life I don't have any more t-shirts but I expect you to raise your hands do I see a hand in the back who's that tell me what you got you go to your best friend you go to the Lord I like that what do you got You go to yourself. I totally understand that. I get that. Kevin. You go to your parents. Anybody else? What do you got? Your stepmom. Totally. She's there for you. Why not? Why wouldn't we go to these people that are in our life? There's nothing wrong with going to the people that are in our lives when we've got problems. But there's this word. There's this word in the Old Testament and in the New, this word, idol. Idol. Or idolatry and idols in and of themselves aren't always bad things but if they become more important to us than God then they are very bad things they're bad for us they can hurt us right and if we are going to our folks or our friends or our counselors before we go to the Lord we could be hurting ourselves in fact we may be hurting ourselves you could even come to me your pastor with a spiritual issue but if you haven't gone to the lord first you could be hurting yourself because i don't know the answer to your question i don't have all the answers i don't know exactly how you do this that or the other on a good day hopefully all i'm going to do is point you to jesus so you guys cut out the middleman and learn how to retrain your mind to transform the way that you think You don't go to the whole world first, yourself first, social media first. You go to the Lord first. Then go to your folks. Then go to your friends. But go to God first. How many of us, when something happens, immediately are like, Oh, Jesus, I need to talk to you about this. Or are we, you're never going to believe what just happened. Too often we call a friend or talk to somebody and all we do is complain about it. And immediately when we complain, we have polluted our mind and we have adopted a negative perspective on this problem. This problem that God may have led you to for your good. To produce something good in your life. We need to transform the way that we think. From going to God first instead of last. Too many of you guys come in here on Sunday and you come and tell me a problem. And often my first thing is, have you prayed about this? No. How long has this been going on? Six months. Oh, my Lord, you need to pray. Let's pray right now. Okay, that sounds good. Yes, it does, because it's the right answer. I love it when you come to me. Continue to come to me, but go to the Lord first. Let's see how serious God takes it when we don't go to him first. So here's my boy Ezekiel, prophet of the Lord. People go to him to hear what God says. And these people, they go to him to hear what God has said. But they have not gone to the Lord for themselves. So they're going to a prophet. They're asking for God's word. But God is still like, now you come this late in the the game? And you never sought me on your own? Listen to what he says. Some of the leaders of Israel visited me, Ezekiel. And while they were sitting with me, this message came to me from the Lord, son of man, which is what he called Ezekiel. These leaders, or I would say these students, these people, this Justin, they have set up idols in their hearts, and they have embraced things that will make them fall into sin. So why should I even listen to their requests? Tell them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, the people of Israel have set up idols in their hearts and they've fallen into sin, and then they go, and then they go to a prophet asking for a message. And so I, the Lord, will give them the kind of answer that their idolatry deserves. And I will do this to capture the minds and the hearts of all my people who have turned from me to idols so what or who are you going to before you go to the Lord if you're going to a friend for advice great but they're not going to know exactly what you need to hear they can hug you they can even pray for you but only God knows exactly how to fix your problem are you going to social media and just putting a rant out there for the whole world that's not helping you go to the Lord first are you going to yourself are you going to go to yourself and do what I do. I am the master pouter. When bad stuff happens, I'm just like down, lip out. And it's so crazy how God is teaching me about pouting through my son who pouts all the time. Are you going to yourself to scheme and say, how can I figure out a way to get revenge on that person or this situation? Don't do that. Go to the Lord first. God, I'm upset. I'm angry at this. I'm hurt by this. Do you have anything to say? And maybe he won't then run to your friends. Run to your family. Run to me. I don't care. But go to the Lord first, because He might just say, actually, I do have something very specific to say. This right here, this is the way forward. This right here, this is how you get free. This right here, this is why I allowed this to happen. We need to transform the way that we think to go to God first, rather than last. Ezekiel 7 and 11, a little later in this passage, says, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, repent. Stop going to all these other people. Repent. Turn around. Come to me first. Turn from your idols and stop your sinful behavior. Then I, the Lord, will answer all of your prayers. You heard before, he stopped answering their prayers because they weren't going to him first. And here they said, if they come to me first, I'm going to answer their prayers. Maybe you've been praying for something and you have not heard a word in response. Maybe that's because you've got some hidden sin. And God is like, look, I'm not going to help you with this until we deal with that. Because if I give you this, that is going to destroy it. If I give you this, it's going to hurt you worse. We need to transform the way that we think and start going to God first. The minute you hear the news, the minute you start to feel ugly, the minute you start to believe bad things about yourself, you go to the Lord and ask him, do you have anything to say about this? Have some faith. He's got good things to say. So that's how seriously God took it. He's like, you need to go to me first and stop going to everybody else in the world first. And we have a story from our buddy, our pal, Bailey Howard Brown, who leads worship with Dwight. And she's going to come up here and share a personal account from just a couple weeks back of how she had a deep spiritual issue. And she needed to go to the Lord first. So hop up here. You guys give Bailey a round of applause. it's not going to go
0: Is it going to work? It's going to work. It's going to work. Hey, guys. Um, so have you all seen the movie War Room? Anybody? It's really good. If you haven't seen it, you should go see it. I've seen it three times. Um, but almost three weeks ago, I went and saw it for the first time. And to quickly summarize what the movie's about, it's just about the power of prayer. And from all accounts, I'm pretty sure everyone who's gone to see it feels empowered to go pray right afterwards. So that's how I left the movie, Um, and I went home and I began to pray and go down the list of things that you are supposed to pray for. And as I started praying for my future husband Dwight, um, God just revealed a stumbling block that's not only in between Dwight and I's relationship but was keeping me from the Lord. Um, And I had known that this has been here because it's been here for a long, long time but I had really just given up on it and accepted that that's who I was and that that sin would be there forever because as much as I had tried to overcome it myself, it wasn't going away. Um, So for about 16 years, that sin really just devoured a lot of different areas in my life. Um, And as I started praying for it that night, I just grew more and more ferocious in that and um, just began begging the Lord to take that from me and really just surrendering it before him and just saying, you know, Lord, I know that I can't heal this in myself, so I give it to you, the one who can. And um, and he did, and he started to heal that in me, and I slept that night, which was a really big deal because I don't sleep often um, as a repercussion of that, and I sleep with the lights on, and I wake up from nightmares all the time, and I slept. And so the week following that felt really different. I felt freer. I felt lighter. Um, and about a week later, the It was a Wednesday night right after small groups. I went home and I went to sleep just like normal. And I woke up at about two in the morning from a horrible nightmare. And I was just met with this attack from the enemy that was so blatant and obvious and in my face. And he was just telling me all kinds of lies about who I was and that my identity was in that sin and that the Lord really hadn't set me free from it and that I was just bound to fall to it again because that's who I was and that's what I had always done. And um, just began tempting me in that area again and again and again. And so I picked up my phone and I started to call everybody. I started to call all my girlfriends. And I called Dwight, I think, 15 times. And nobody would answer their phone. Nobody would wake up. And I was just crying out to the Lord. It's like, really, you can't wake up one person who can pray for me or help me here because I need help. And um, it was just screaming and crying in my bed at two in the morning and fighting this sin. And then in the midst of that, I had the strength come over me and I got up and I went and got my Bible and I sat in my bed and I read Psalm 86 out loud, which just says, um, Lord, I know you hear my cries and so answer me. I know that you are protecting me, so protect me. And God, don't let the enemy put you to shame. Don't let the enemy mock me and mock you father don't let them make a fool of me and at the end of that psalm it says but I found comfort in the Lord for he is good and as soon as I finished reading that the temptation was completely gone and the attack was completely gone and I just fell on my face at the mercy of the Lord because a sin that has been in my life for 16 years that I have never been able to fight the Lord took from me in one night And he really just revealed to me that while the people that I was calling to help me were good people and godly people who would have prayed for me and would have pointed me to the Lord, they weren't him. And so me going to them wouldn't have set me free because he's the only one who could have done that. He's the only one who could heal that in me and they couldn't have. Thank you.
1: Even better the second time. Well, again, I have I had more to go over, but Bailey's testimony is just so powerful that I don't, even, I don't want to wait another second. So, we're going to respond to what I pray the Lord has been saying to you. What has He been bringing to your mind? What is He stirring in your heart that He wants to unload for you today? That He wants to help you remove today? So, yeah, the band will come up. So, we're going to respond in a unique way today. So, because this step of the Vineyard Initiative, you know, you receive something of value, you protect it from outside stuff. But now, we look in as a disciple of Jesus and we ask, what's preventing me from being everything God wants me to be, from being a blessing, from owning my positive, my good identity in Christ? What's that stone? What's that hidden sin? Well, we're going to come up here to the stage and we have these stones all the way around it. And I'm going to invite each and every single one of you, because none of you without sin, to grab one of these stones and just take one of these Sharpies and write your sin on it. Write your stumbling block. And I don't care if it's just a word, like this one I wrote down for myself earlier this morning, just says shame. I am crippled by shame sometimes, from past mistakes that God's already forgiven me for. So why should I feel shame? I wrote shame on here. And maybe that'll be your word or something else. And you take your rock and your word, and you come over here, and you drop it in this bin or the one over there. Maybe it's a word, Maybe it's a sentence. Maybe it's a memory. Maybe it's somebody's name that you want to forgive. Whatever it is, own your mistake. Own your pain. Own your junk and write it down. And then drop it. Just let it go. Give it to the Lord. You're not dropping a piece of stone in a rubber bucket. You are taking your sin and you're saying, God, I don't want this anymore. And you just walk away. You will never pick that up again. God did an amazing thing here for junior high. And he wants to do the same thing for you. So, I want to lead us in how to pray to prepare us. And then I'm going to invite you guys just come up, take your time, grab a magic marker, and grab a stone. Grab three, there's plenty. And write out what you want God to set you free from today, what you want Him to remove from you today. And just trust. He has said, This is what I want you to talk about on this day, at this time. And I'm going to do some work in their hearts, just like Bailey that you can't take credit for. God's going to do something miraculous here this morning. I believe it. So receive it. Jesus, right now, we just pray that you would bring that thing or those things to mind that you want to set us free from today. Some of us are hidden sin. We are close to an explosion. We are close to some danger, some irreparable damage. And you don't want to look at us in the eye and say, bad you. You want to say, I want to rescue you right now. So what is that sin? What is that hang up, that stone, that belief about ourselves that you want to take from us right now? Just speak to our minds and our hearts. Tell us a word. Give us a picture, a memory. Speak to us.
0: Wood's Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast. Do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org slash students or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Students.